Good morning. And welcome into the Blitz. Live here on Fan Run Radio, live in the White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios. I'm Charlie Collier. And back behind the board today, Sam Beard. No Andy Brock. Brockless. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, we're Brockless today. Uh, We... We're hoping he's having a good time out in uh, in New York. Is he going to miss this Cowboys game, like on his flight back? No, he's flying back Saturday. Okay, okay. That's yeah, because he has he has stuff to do with the uh, with Lady Vols basketball Sunday. Okay. Oh, I wonder what time that game's. Yeah, let's let's see that, huh? What's Andy's? We just we can't have Andy missing any of these Cowboys game. That would be a shame, wouldn't it? I feel it? like Andy is like perpetually missing important things for like some. For obscure reasons. The Lady Vols play Sunday at three. That is pushing it. That is uh yeah. I don't so think I think he's gonna miss a little bit of that game. Cowboys 49ers at six thirty, Lady Vols at you said at three? Yeah. I mean five, a little post game, little you know, wrap up, get home. I yeah. bet he's home by six. How long does it take? I have no idea. How long is like the life of an announcer after a game ends? Is there a lot of stuff I to think do should, after? I think, think he'll be or? able to get home by like six. Yeah. Okay. I think he'll be straight, but uh, yeah, he's up in New York. Yeah, pretty cool place to play college basketball. College basketball, NYU. Um, do you know? Have you ever been to New York? I have. You have in like eighth grade though. I haven't really been there in a long time. Never been to New York. I've always. I think it's pretty overrated. I don't think you're missing a whole lot. I've always kind of wanted to go. I don't know. Just the idea of, like, there are infinite things. Yeah. You can you can find literally anything you want in there. Like, infinite, infinite things. Yeah. Um, that has always been intriguing to me. I think you can find infinite things in a little bit better cities, though. Some smaller big cities, maybe. I want to get some pizza. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I want to go to like uh, what? What's that place? New Haven, Connecticut. What's in New Haven, Connecticut? Like that's apparently where the best pizza is. Really? Yeah, better than New York. Why New Haven, Connecticut? I don't know. You tell. You watch those those pizza reviews from Portnoy. I think like a lot of his top scores are are from pizza places that are in Connecticut. Okay. Close enough together, though. You could make like a, you probably make a day trip out of that one. Let's see. How do you think Emory women's basketball has been doing doing this year? How many games have they played? Oh, they hit a buzzer beater. Oh, January thirteenth. Okay. I'm looking at their website right now. Was it Andy's sister? It was not. Dang. But it is pretty hype. It was tied at a. Is she a freshman? Like, is she getting some minutes for Emory, or is she still? I think she's like a senior. Like, oh, okay. I think she's like one of their best players. Let's go. Like, I know Andy told me she scored thirty straight or thirty points in back-to-back games, like thirty That's plus earlier this year. I'm watching this video, that was crazy. One second left. They call a timeout, draw up a little inbounds play, and hit it off the inbounds. They got a big crowd on hand too, going crazy. Wow! All right, they're uh, they're eleven and two. Apparently, they're a pretty good program too. Let's yeah. go! That's a eleven and two. Shout out Andy, 
shout out shout out Andy's sister. Yeah. Hopefully they get the win in, in New York. But um, yeah, that's where he went to go watch him play NYU. That's got to be pretty cool. I imagine. I wonder what like NYU. He was telling us yesterday that they're playing somewhere in Brooklyn now. Like I wonder what NYU's like actual home court is when it's when they're not doing renovations or something. Uh, I mean, I don't. Where is NYU? That campus is like in the heart of New York City. Is Brooklyn not? I mean, Brooklyn's one of the br- suburbs, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's you know I think it's like a little different. It's like going out to like Oak Ridge maybe or something like that from Knoxville. I may be completely wrong. Ah, uh, no yeah, idea I don't know how far Brooklyn is from New York. <laughs> Um, I have no idea. I was trying to look it up. I can't find it. I have no idea. But point is, Andy's in New York. We're Brockless. We're Brockless. That's really it. Uh, how are you today? Good day? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good, man. I uh, I got out on the golf course yesterday. I joked about it in the parking lot. I was like, I might go play some golf. And I went and played. And it was brutal out there. Like, brutal as in? As in just, like, 30-mile-an-hour winds. The course I played, it was – I figured it was still going to be pretty wet from the rain that we've had the last couple of days, but it was soaking wet, chunking everything. It was, like, 30-mile-an-hour winds. Shot, like, 85. Uh, that's not a, not a terrible day. It wasn't terrible, but for the first, like, six holes, I was having a miserable time. I just walked out of the car and, like – Hit a hybrid off the first tee, and it just went straight into the air. It felt like it went, like, 150 yards, and then I was just chunking, like, the next four shots, three-putted. I made, like, a nine on the first I uh, did not realize that it was that windy. Yeah, I didn't either. Like, we just felt the – me and a couple of my roommates went out there. We just felt the nice weather. We are like, oh, it's too nice of a day to not play a little golf. And then right. we got out there, and we are like, well, we didn't sign up for a tornado either. I – uh. I mean, I was I was I was doing some things yesterday. I heard the windows like popping with the wind, so I yeah. guess I knew it was pretty windy. Yeah. Um. All right. Solid, solid day. How about you? Not Any, too bad, I guess. Different? No, I just went home. Uh, did some chores around the house, and worked. There we go. Yeah. There we go. Not the most exciting day. Read a lot of articles yesterday, just got down some rabbit holes. It's always a good time. Always. Um, gosh, there was there was something I was thinking about, but I can't remember what it was. That's tough. There was something I was thinking about last night. I was like, man, this is going to be – I can't wait to ask Sam about this. Completely gone from mm. my brain. Dang. All the way gone. Um, I wanted to play some golf. I was looking at playing some golf, like, the next week or so. Turns out my clubs are just not even in Knoxville. I you left them in, in left them back in, in Nashville. Yeah. Dang. So they just they're in Franklin. Uh, I guess I'm just gonna have to go back to Franklin at some point to get them. Yeah. Yeah. I thought what I left was bad. Did you see what I texted? Yeah, With you Kyle, left. Like, I left like my bag that holds all my balls and like tees and ball markers and everything, and I got just out of my car into the first tee, and I was like, oh, I have. I now have two balls in my bag, and I mean, the tees that like, I grabbed that's from the... That's not the worst thing to no, lose, not though. The like, tees and balls, easily not replaceable. Yeah, I just, my entire golf clubs are just in Franklin, so I just have to 
How'd you not bring those back with you? Well, I think... Did you leave them in that travel case and then... I think, like, my mom was like, oh, uh, here, I'm going to see if we can find you, like, a better, like, tub or something, and I need to know how big the golf clubs are. So here, just leave them and get them next week during the Jags game. But then I think my... Or not the Jags game, the Texas... Whatever, some game. The Thursday night game against the Cowboys. That's Cowboys, what it was. Yeah. I don't know. It was maybe then that I was supposed to... Get, I, don't, I was supposed to grab them back at some point. My dad left the game early, and then I was like, I'll be back for the playoffs. The playoffs never happened, mm. and I don't really know when I'm going to be back anytime soon. So this is all the Titans' fault. Yeah, it's basically the Titans' fault. <laughs> uh, I just blame the Titans for really kind of saving me money, honestly, from just wasting money on bad golf. But did, see, uh, did you see Parker McCollum tickets went on sale today? Yeah. yeah. Thought about buying some. Yeah. I had a pre-sale code yesterday, but I... I didn't do it. Why not? I forgot. Simple as that. Simple as that, huh? Um, I know you're not a huge Zach Bryan fan, but he's he released his his tour date and his tickets are like very reasonable. Is he coming here? He's not. He's going to some to some kind of obscure places. He's going to uh I thought he like was done. Didn't he say on his last tour that, like, I'm done. I'm, I'm done touring. He's I, already touring again? Yeah, I don't know. What a wishy-washy guy. He's, he's playing in some weird some weird, weird towns. Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania. Maybe that's, like, his hometown or something. I, think I really like Zach Bryan. I like what he stands for. I like, you know, how he's contributed to this modern renaissance in country music. I do find him a little overrated, if we're just being completely honest. I think it's hard to differentiate even between songs think he just sings the same song in slightly different ways over and over again. But I, I do like some rated. of them, and I like I like some of his more unique songs, too. I mean, I, I like Zach Bryan. I just, I'm not, like, obsessed with him like everyone else is. Yeah, I would say he's pretty rated. I like his, I like that live album that he threw out there from Red Rocks. I just like I love the a good live in, album. The more I'm a instruments sucker for stuff. a live album. Yeah, I am, too. Like the Cody Johnson live album yeah. he dropped, like, yeah. two months ago. Very good. Mm-hmm. Did you see how Randall King's coming to Knoxville? Is he really? What yeah. is that? March 16th. I might need to go to that. I, I love Randall King. He's down at the Joe. Down at the Joe. Down at the Joe. Let's go. So is 49 Winchester. The same night? Uh, No, the month before. Okay. But yeah, well, they're going to be I'll probably have to go to both of those. I need to see 49 Winchester. I saw 49 Winchester uh, the night before we played Kentucky, and it it was really good. I mean, it yeah. was really, really, really good. It was one of the better better performances I'd seen live. I mean, it wasn't on, like, the tier of, like, Childers, Johnson, like, the very best concerts I've ever seen, but it was... Tier below. It was right up there. I mean, if, 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 if it was in the tier below, it was at the top of the tier below. I will say that. I mean, it was, it was very good. You need to go see 49 Winchester. But, uh, hey, you know what? We will go ahead... Rolling along here. We'll catch a break, and we'll dive into the playoffs today. Full-blown playoff preview here on the Blitz. Stay locked in. Back here on the Blitz. Rolling along here on this Friday. NFL. Uh, we're at an interesting point. I always find this specific junction in, like, in the NFL season to be so interesting because there's such a juxtaposition, right? On on one end, you have 
five teams looking for their next head coach, and you have the rumors that swirl with Sean Payton interviewing everywhere, and you know you still have teams, obviously, like probably waiting to interview, you know, coaches that are still involved with the playoffs right yeah, now too, for sure. Which, in its own right, I think is a different conversation to be had. You know, I think there's been some talk of it last year specifically that maybe you need to find some way to set up different windows to delay, you know, the hiring process for it to be more fair to those coaches that are still involved in, in, in deep playoff runs. But at the same time, I don't really know how you do that. I don't know either. Like, I don't think you can just be like, hey, I know your season ended on January 6th, January 7th, but – do you mind hanging out to like February, February fourth before you fire hire a coach just in case you want one of these guys that's in the Super Bowl? You mind hanging out? Like I know that the guy that you hire is gonna shape everything else that you do this offseason and you like to get ahead of the ball and do some planning and, you know, start to structure your roster, but can you just wait a little bit? Like I just I don't really know how you go about it. Uh, but I I do think that that kinda sucks in, in, in some I think so too. In some rights, A, because you have guys that are like both vying for head coaching positions and also trying to prepare, you know, to win a playoff game. To make that job more likely to happen. You know, but then like B, sometimes they're not really getting the opportunities to get these head coaching gigs because they're not available when those jobs are. Um, But with with those five head coaching openings, we also have eight teams looking for offensive coordinators. Eight? Eight. As Greg Roman uh, has resigned from Baltimore. So Baltimore has now joined the chase. Uh, the Chargers, they fired Rocky Lombardi, obviously. Uh, the Rams, Liam Cohen, he went back uh, to Kentucky. Uh, so the Rams looking for one. The Patriots, they got rid of Patricia and Judge, whatever was happening there. Uh, they're interviewing Bill O'Brien today. Patriots. Uh, so then you got the Jets who fired LaFleur, the Buccaneers that fired Leftwich, the Titans that fired Todd Downing, and the Commanders are also looking for an offensive coordinator. I'm going to be completely honest. I don't know who the Washington Commanders' offensive coordinator was that they fired. No idea. A note, not a clue. I know all the other ones don't know who they fired, but they did fire somebody. Uh, so all of those eight teams are looking for an opening. I guess technically, too, the Broncos, Cardinals, Panthers, Texans, and Colts are all also in the offensive coordinator market. Because they're getting a new head coach. Yeah, they're getting a new head coach yeah. that will then also need an offensive coordinator. Yeah. So Almost half the league. Half the league, essentially. You know, you're looking at at 13 teams all trying to find the guy to lead their offense, which I guess shouldn't come as a surprise, right? Like, this was the year of the defensive renaissance, and as expectations have climbed higher and higher for offenses to perform, you know, when you had a big defensive year, you're bound to see some guys lose their jobs. And I I don't know. I I wonder with this many openings if there's any kind of shift in in the kind of – candidates that we're looking for but out of those 13 openings again ravens chargers rams patriots jets buccaneers titans commanders broncos cardinals panthers texans colts who 
What do you think like the five like most desirable are as these teams are sure to be kind of competing against each other? Hmm. I think there's a clear number one, right? I mean, the, the Los Angeles Chargers. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like if if you get yourself just, you know, Herbert I, I guess on one hand, like maybe you know, there's the threat of, of job security being, you know, not. I guess there being a lack of job security because you could be going to to coach for Brandon Staley, and it could be his last year. I guess on the other hand, if Brandon Staley is getting fired and you did a really good job in your one year, that could also put you in the ring to to be a head coach. But, I mean, most NFL coaches, I'd assume, if not all, would enjoy this as the – or would view this as the the top offensive coordinator opening. I mean, you're you're getting a young superstar quarterback, Austin Eckler. Uh, You're getting Mike Williams and Keenan Allen – and an all-pro left tackle. Like, you have building blocks in place. You probably need to make that receiving room a little bit more versatile, a little bit more diverse in their mm-hmm. abilities. But, you know, you're getting basically a, a Lamborghini. I agree. I think that def- that is definitely the one that jumps off the page most. Just a couple of tweaks in that system, I think you can you can definitely bring that group back into uh, just a, a- – a team that is is incredibly dangerous on paper. You know that's that's a OC's dream. I feel like to get some of those guys, and you get a couple guys in the draft and free agency, and you can really turn that thing around. I agree. I think. I guess the. I think the Titans are honestly probably the second one there. You think they are? I'm looking at a list right now that's ranking them right. So you want me to just read you off how the Athletic ranks them from yeah. one to thirteen? Yeah. Uh, they have the Rams at two. No chance. I don't know if I agree with that. I don't think so either. I mean, you know, I guess on one hand, like you're getting to work with Sean McVay, but on the other hand, like you're you have to you have to to be second fiddle to Sean McVay. Like you don't get to mold the offense in the same sense. Uh, yeah, you get Cooper Cup, you get Matthew Stafford, but you also get the question of like, how do you make those pieces work with limited pieces around them and limited resources to you know draft a new player yeah like you know it's it's not like the ram i guess like they they can't really that it's not a very good offensive line i don't think they're going to fix that offensive line quickly i don't know i guess the reasoning that they have right is is getting to coach under mcveigh should be such a desirable thing to be in that McVay coaching tree, to be a McVay offensive coordinator. Makes sense. Can put you in a, a really nice position moving forward. I mean, you look Matt LaFleur and Zach Taylor and Kevin O'Connell. I mean, that's like three of his last like five, six like big assistant coaches. Yeah. They've all gone on to get some head coaching jobs for sure. So I guess I can maybe, you know, I can maybe agree with the Rams at two, but that's still kind of a tough sell for me. Uh they have the Buccaneers at three. Don't think I necessarily agree with that. <laughs> Not at all to me. They're going to need a new quarterback. And their receivers appears. are aging. Uh, I mean, they have Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and a decent running back with Rashad White. But, like, Godwin has been banged up lately. Evans is aging. 
Your O-line's aging a little bit the outside offensive of, line, like, yeah, worse. is aging, and all of them got hurt this year. A head coach that, again, you don't really have a lot of comfort with, with, with Todd Bowles. Don't agree with that at all. Uh, here they have the Ravens at four. I think that makes sense. I think they should be above the Bucks and the Rams. Yeah, I mean, I guess it I all would put the hinges. Ravens above them, too. It all kind of hinges on Lamar Jackson. For sure. And whether or not he's back. If he's back, then, yeah, that's that's the second most desirable job. You know, just get a receiver or two, and, and you get the opportunity to work with Lamar Jackson. But they have them at four. They have the Commanders at five. I think I'd also put the Commanders uh, above the Rams. Like, I, I mean – Terry McLaurin, younger two pieces, good running backs. Yeah, uh, Jahan Dotson looked pretty sick. Like Sam Howell's going to be fun to work with. They're going to roll with Sam Howell next year. Yeah, I believe. you think that's the new guy, Sam Howell? I do. I really do. I think they're going to roll with Sam Howell for a year, and see if Ron Rivera is going to attach himself to Sam Howell to maybe try to earn himself more time. But I think that's what's about to happen. Uh, they have the Patriots at six and the Panthers at seven. That's they have not the Panthers right. above us. That's not right. Come on, they that is not right uh, to have the Patriots and Panthers above the Titans. They have the Titans at eight. We're not that good, but like we're we're not that many pieces away. I mean, yeah, you still get like the guy that was the best rookie tight end from last year. You get a strong rookie receiver. You get you know the King King Henry. You get to work for Mike Vrabel. I mean, you know he's going to be loyal to you. You know you're going to get that loyalty. Um, here's what they have to say, right? This job prevent or presents conflicting feelings. On one hand, Mike Vrabel's teams, they're consistently competitive, and the AFC South isn't the strongest. So all that helps in terms of stability and opportunity to prove oneself. But, and there are a couple of big buts, uh, Tennessee has questions at quarterback. Will Ryan Tannehill return? Is Malik Willis ready to take over? can tell you the answer to that one is no. Uh, or will it be Josh Dobbs? Did not know that that was a question. Is that actually something that we're going to be considering? Dobbs. Dobbs? I think that if you go Dobbs, that's a sign that you're tanking for if a If you go Dobbs, you're putting your hand up and saying, hey, you know, we have a good roster and a good defense, and we think maybe we can get a game manager and put it together for a year, but... <laughs> Oh, boy, are we going to need a quarterback next year. That's yeah. what that would signal. Yeah. Uh, continuing with the article here, the Titans have a strong run game, but how many great years does Derrick Henry have left? Answer that one, too. One, maximum. That's what you think? Or yeah. That's what they said. I think that Derrick Henry has maybe one great year yet left. Really? I don't even know if next year will be great. I don't even know if this year was great. He was the second leading rusher behind, like, the worst offensive line in the league. Yeah, I mean, we also gave him, like, roughly 24 carries a game, like 25 carries a game. I think he's got I think he at least two more good years in him and one probably one year where he plays and then is not very good. I think he's got three years left in him. I, just, I think he officially, like, lost his burst this year. Yeah, a little bit. Like when he got in the open field in years past, he would start to accelerate and stride out and like get past people. Did not have that this year. Can't always have like 80-yard touchdowns though. I mean, I agree like there were a lot of plays where he was 
you'd be like, dang, the old Derek was was taking that to the house. He's 29 years old. Continuing with the article here, it says, uh, do you love the young wide receivers who flash at times but also remain streaky? This gig might not be as good as it appears on the surface. Uh, then they go Cardinals at nine, which is also funny to think like, hey, Kyler Murray, some decent receivers, nine. Not as good as the Panthers. This is a bad list. Yeah, I don't like this list. Broncos 10, Texans 11, Jets 12. I would have the Jets higher. Way higher. Yeah, I mean. Way higher. You look very solid with Brees Hall healthy. Like Brees Hall, Michael Carter, and Zonovan Knight, great stable of backs. Great. Receivers, Garrett Wilson, like one of the, the probably going to you know be the runner-up for rookie of the year, if not third. Yeah, probably I mean, runner up. Corey Davis, solid. Elijah Moore, if you know he doesn't hate his offensive coordinator, <laughs> probably actually pretty good. I guess that quarterback position is a question mark, but like you have Mackay Becton and Elijah Vera Tucker and like a, a strong offensive line. Um, the quarterbacks are question for like a lot of teams on this list, yeah, though, like, too. I, so you know, I don't know I how get, you can knock them that far. I would get if there were a bunch of teams that you would inherit quarterbacks, but at the same time, apparently. This list, the maker is not even valuing quarterbacks in place all that much with the Cardinals at 9 and the Broncos at 10. Are we, I mean, are we really thinking that Russell Wilson is completely gone? Like, is he washed? And those receivers is, that is, they have? Is Russell Wilson not redeemable at this point? Is that what we're saying? I mean, do you think that, like, Russell Wilson is redeemable? They looked better at the end of the year when they, like, once they fired Hackett. I think what happened is they brought in uh a mind in nathaniel hackett that was lacking only worked with aaron Rodgers. yeah that can only work with aaron Rodgers. that was hired to try to lure aaron Rodgers, and that never happened and then they pivoted <laughs> and they got russell wilson like this was meant to happen all along yeah sure it was that makes sense but i don't know i think it would be naive to think that the, the that russell wilson is just gone done over uh, you know, I thought halfway through the season, you know, at some points during the season, it seemed like reports were that his teammates weren't really liking him. But you saw the last two, three weeks of the year, guys in that locker room were really sticking up for Russell yeah. Wilson. Guys were publicly going out of their way to be like, you guys got it wrong. Like, this is our quarterback. Like, we love him. We support him. On and on and on. They have the Colts at 13, by the way, which kind of funny they don't really know who their quarterback is or who their head coach is or what their offensive line will look like outside of quentin nelson they have jonathan taylor and michael pittman and quentin nelson and nine big old question marks and if, one bat bleep crazy owner and they dude they could they could trade those guys for that one pick i've seen i've seen I a think, lot of rumors I that have michael Colts, pittman get getting sent for the one pick I would uh I I do think that if I were to make a prediction right now, if the Texans don't jump up to one, which I think is still kind of likely, I think it'll be the Colts. My because prediction's been the that, Colts all along. Yeah. I think that the Colts just a we know they're aggressive. Like we've seen them be aggressive in you know three or four off seasons now, and we know that Chris Ballard is getting incredibly frustrated with a lack of a quarterback. So like we know that they'll be aggressive in pursuit of a quarterback. I mean, they were one of the teams that were trying to acquire Deshaun Watson. Like, they were willing mm. to give up multiple first-rounders. So, you know, why would they not do that to go grab the, the top quarterback? And I think they might. And, you know, they have a little bit of leverage too, right? I mean, with the Bears, 
because they have that fourth pick, the Colts do. So the number right. four pick in the draft, they have leverage that every other NFL team that's not the Texans or who has the third pick, the Cardinals? Cardinals, yeah. The Raiders could – I think the Raiders have six. They could give them that too. That's probably but in their range the, as well. But the Texans Car- and Cardinals are the only other teams that can do can offer what the Colts can, right? Hey, you give our we you get our fourth pick, we get your one, and you can still take one of the two best players in the draft. Yeah, you know, no, like at, at number scenario. one, if the Bears, which is not likely, if the Bears somehow keep that first pick in the draft, they're going to take Will Anderson or they're going to take Jalen Carter. Mm-hmm. If they trade back to four with the Colts, Colts will take Bryce Young, Texans will take C.J. Stroud or Will Levis. The Cardinals will take either Will Anderson or Jalen Carter, and the Bears will get the other. Yeah. And that's a pretty pretty good spot to be if you're Chicago. You get draft capital, and you, and you can still get the guy you probably you know, might Wanted have taken all along. anyway. Right. So I think the Colts do have that leverage. Uh, so maybe that does make that coordinator job more desirable. I'm still surprised that the Panthers were at seven. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not... I'm not as crazy about the Panthers. I'd like if put if I were there. to rank these, uh, Chargers one, and I'll actually go Broncos two. That's yeah, I was close there. Broncos were my three. Chargers one, Broncos two. Uh, I'll go Rams three, Jets four, and Ravens five. Actually, maybe Commanders five. I was thinking Commanders. They're not bad. That's what I would do if I was ranking this. I really I don't, don't get that, that list at all. I don't know how that Washington O-line is, but... It's not bad. It's not great. Middle of the pack. Yeah, I wasn't a fan of that list, though, to be honest. Weird list. But, uh, anyway, we'll get into uh, the playoffs. We'll get into the playoffs. On the other side, stay with us here on the Blitz. All right, we got the playoffs this weekend, tomorrow, Saturday football. I love it. Are you having an all right time with the playoffs this year? Um, they've been all right. Like, there haven't been bad games, but there's something a little bit. I feel like that's. I'm still desiring a little more. I need some chaos. I really, really, really want an overtime game this weekend. Really badly. I, uh, I mean, I'm just like I'm thinking. Last year, last year, the when the Titans lost to the Bengals, I did not watch another playoff game. Like I didn't watch. I didn't watch the rest of that round. I didn't. Yeah, I, I watched nothing the rest of the way. So, like, I missed the AFC Championship, the <laughs> NFC Championship. Uh, I missed that overtime, 13 seconds left, Mahomes game. Yeah, yeah, that was – you shouldn't have missed that. That was really good. And, you know, usually, like, once the Titans are out, it, it, does, it does get hard. Um, but I, I don't know. I think, like, this year, I guess, maybe just the way it all – you know, it, it was – such a long and, and drawn-out process of, of crashing this plane. 
that I guess like maybe I'm kind of back in on the playoffs. I had a, I had a fun time last week. I, I, I don't know. It was a little hard, but I had a fun time. But I'm really starting to get excited for this week's games. But uh, start looking at them here. That you know, obviously we're starting things off. Chiefs Jags. You give the Jags any chance at all in this game? Uh, I give the Jags a chance of covering. It's eight and a half, right? Nine. Nine. It's up to nine. I I feel like either the Jags like lose by three or they lose by like thirty. Thirty one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think that I think that's actually a very accurate way of how this game goes. Right. And you know, it, on one hand you think, okay, Doug Peterson, very good coach. Very good. very underrated coach. He's been in, in a spot like this before. Um I think that he'll have his team well prepared, but then I mean, you get Andy Reid with an extra week to game plan, and you give At him home. A, you give him a team. Not only well, not only do you give him an extra week to game plan, you give him a team an opposition that has holes, that has flaws, that has areas to be attacked. He's going to figure out how to attack those. You know, I think the Jags are going to have just yeah, wow, we're here kind of vibe, and mm-hmm. like the Chiefs are we're here for business. They're waiting to to dismantle you, like they're yeah. waiting to tear you apart. I mean, it's just again. Andy Reid with an extra week, Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, like, need you say much more? And and you can respect what the Jags have been doing, winning eight of their last ten games. You know, they went on the road to Arrowhead in week ten and lost by ten. That's one of those two losses in their last ten. But, you know, they came back down 17 to beat the Raiders, nine to beat the Ravens, ten to beat the Cowboys, ten to beat the Titans. Sad. Yeah, they came down – Back down, obviously, 27 a week ago. So, like, they have some fight to them. They have some grit to them. Is that a thing you can do against the Chiefs, no. though? You can't, you can't get down like you that. You have to start fast. Exactly. And even when you do, you gotta keep we've almost kind of seen in playoff games, like, you get up on the Chiefs and it just kind of wakes them up. That's all. You need to almost – they need to play such a boring game of football, I think, to just keep them just enough in this game to where, like, they're trying hard enough, but they're, you're not pissing them off. They're like, call me crazy. I think it's almost easier to come back down a touchdown or two than it is to hold yep. on to a touchdown lead against the Chiefs. I agree. I agree. I don't know if that makes any sense, but I, I just kind of think to, like, games that they've lost versus games they've won, and, and we've seen them with the playoff comebacks, you know, go pretty crazy. We've seen them, I mean, come back down, what, like three scores early against the Texans. We saw them come back down against the Titans. Like, we've seen them come back against the Bills. We've seen them come back against a lot of teams, but the one playoff game they lost <laughs> was when they blew a lead. Blew a lead. Uh, Jags are, are heading in the right direction, though. Chiefs are already there. Like, that's the difference. They've been there. Chiefs are already there, and they've been there. Um, so, I guess out of the... The two one seeds that play on Saturday, are we in agreement that the Eagles are by far the more vulnerable team? Easily, easily. That is, I mean, I've been saying it, but I just can't, I can't understand Philly being a seven and a half point favorite in this game. Honestly, I think that's more like a five and a half point spread or something like that. I just think this game is going to be very, very competitive. This would be my pick to go to overtime. I want to pick the Giants, right? Like, I, I, I do 
feel good about the Giants, but this just feels like one of those popular upset picks that becomes too popular throughout the course of the week. You know, it's an Eagles team that maybe struggled down the stretch a little bit. Granted, Jalen Hurts was banged up. But this feels like one of those where maybe all week we kind of go, oh, you know, the divisional matchup, the Giants. Look how look how good Daniel Jones just played. Brian Dable, coach of the year maybe. You know, look, look at what's happening with this Giants team. You know, those Eagles, they didn't finish the season all that great. This looks like an upset to me. And then Saturday night at halftime, we're going like, oh, yeah, wait, this is why the Eagles were the number one seed. You know, we, we see their, their defensive line start to cook, and we see that offensive line, you know, really protect Jalen Hurts, and we see throws downfield all over the place to Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown, we go, oh, yeah. You know, they they went 14-3 and three because, because of this. That I'm starting to kind of get that feel mm-hmm. uh, in, in this game. At the same time, Daniel Jones, I mean, he showed more and more lately, and he showed against the Giants that, I mean, against the Vikings, that, like, he can be that guy. Like, he can be a guy that you can build around. I think he can be a guy that drives winning, a guy that can go win playoff games for you. He already won one. I don't know. I kind of keep getting tied up in the same idea of, like, are the Vikings – were they just really bad? that impressive of a win, or were they just yeah. kind of bad? Yeah, like they're not bad. Obviously, they they the defense is won bad. A, a ton of games, but like the Vikings <clears throat> were an NFL record eleven and zero in one possession games. Like, is that you know is beating the Vikings really the clearest indicator in the world that you know that that the Giants can do more, or is that just a one possession champion finally running out of magic. I kind of wonder if it's that. I mean, I don't know. I, I, at one hand, like it could be closer than you think. They'll make it interesting. I just think the biggest advantage that either team has is the Giants can't cover AJ Brown and Devonte Devonte Smith. Mm-hmm. I just don't see how they're going to. I mean, they've won three in a row against the Giants. Or Boston Scott. We were forgetting about this. Yeah. I forgot about that. Dang. Boston Scott goes crazy against the Giants normally. Boston Scott. <laughs> we need to remember that for our bets. Yeah. That Boston Scott is one tough cookie. No, I, I agree, though. I, I don't know if uh, that, that New York secondary has enough firepower to to combat that that one-two punch. Like, I think AJ that'll Brown be the difference, Devontae. right? Yeah, I think sure. both of these offenses can be successful, uh, but I just think that the Eagles' defense is much more likely to be able to stop New York than vice versa. I don't know, man. I do really want to pick the Giants in this game. I really do. Uh, maybe if maybe if they were if they flip flopped with the Jags Chiefs, like I could maybe see the Giants upsetting this one at four thirty night game night game in Philly. That place is going to be rocking. Did you, uh, did you see they're they're having to to try to stop tailgaters? Actually, they're having to try to stop tailgaters um, because they're scared that people are going to start tailgating too early in Philly, and that they're going to get all like blackout and and raucous and and cause problems. 
So they're not. I don't doubt it. Which is, yeah, the, you're right. That's what exactly what they're going to do. <laughs> Whether you let them tailgate earlier or not, though, that doesn't matter. Uh, so I think they're opening up lots at like 2 p.m. And you can start tailgating at like 2. Or maybe it was like 1. But Philly fans have figured out that if they buy tickets to the Philadelphia Wings lacrosse game with a parking, you know, with parking included, that they can get there at 7 a.m. There's a lacrosse game the same day as the football game. And a parking lot is shared or something. The the lacrosse game is like early in the day. Played at the stadium. Not not, not at the stadium, but I guess like they they share a parking lot and it's like, or there's a parking lot right next to it. But yeah, I saw all these Philly fans are like, they're selling out these Philadelphia Wings games. I hope they all show up to that game. And and they're not going to go. I hope they do. Like they're just going to get early access to the parking lots and tailgate. That place is going to be insane. Yeah, it's going to be rocking. That is – I can't wait for the fights. Mm-hmm. I can't wait for the boos when the, when Daniel Jones is taking a knee. A lot of people Giants hate Philly fans, but NFC. I love them. I love that kind of grit. I hate Philly fans, but even more than I hate them, I love them. I love them so much. I I envy Maybe that's really what it is. You can extent. you can hate them or you can love them, but you got to respect them. I wish that I, I wish that our fan bases were more aggressive. That they were more like Philly. To be quite honest, I mean, yeah, you hate them, but man, you you sure do love them too. Mm-hmm. Like I would love if people were scared to come to Nissan Stadium. Yeah, we're we're too much of a destination, man. People just want to. We come are the see destination. Our, our welcoming like, country music and drink at our bars and. Walk you know, over you a bridge happened, and watch football. You know what happened? Uh, the Monday after week 18. Like this year? Yeah. What? A bunch of teams looked at across the standings. A bunch of fans did. And they said, oh, the Titans finished second. We finished second. You know, we should go to Nashville next year. Yeah. Well, we're going to have the Titans on our schedule next year. We should see if we can make a trip. Hey, it's like it's pretty warm there. You know, it's it's an easy city to get to. It's pretty central. You know, we can check out Broadway. We can make a whole weekend out of it. Oh, look! Like I just I just looked at Google Maps. Their stadium, you can walk to it from Broadway. <laughs> like guys, like look, we can we can fly to Nashville, and all we need is one Uber, one Uber from the airport yeah. to downtown, and one Uber back to the airport at the end of the weekend. Guys, we can make this Nashville trip work. Well, we're going to Nashville. That's what's happening with. Eight different fan bases at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. It just is what it is. It's tough. Uh, but we'll go ahead and wrap up hour one. We'll come back hour two instead of an opening drive. We'll head over to the Big Orange Philly phone lines. Roberto, I know we got you on the line. I uh, want to go ahead and give you enough time. So we'll end hour one now, and we'll come to you at the top of the hour. Stay with us here on the Blitz.